All right. Oh, hello. Good morning, everybody. I'm firing up all the AV stuff. Okay, we are podcasting and Facebook living and all of that. And um, that overload here for me. Um, Can you do that? I so, how to move it. I guess I want to, so first of all, I, I'm doing sans mask here, no mask, um, uh, just because um, I think I talk with my facial expression quite a bit. Um, I feel like if you take that away from me, you can't hear everything I'm saying. Um, so uh, I feel like I need that, but maybe it's just a crutch so that I don't no comment to your actual crushes. Um, uh, uh, I don't like them anyway, so. <laughs> maybe I just don't want to wear a face mask. I did go to a museum yesterday, and it was a little bit warm in the museum, but I, I was kind of borderline hyperventilating with my face mask in there. Almost had, I got kind of lightheaded, so there's something wrong with me. Um, but that's maybe for another day. Okay, um, so good morning, everyone. Um, I, uh, for the Facebook Live people, you didn't get to see this, but we had um, music. We've got a little bit more of a full room here than we have had, I think, since pre-coronavirus. And, um, and I want you to know that I'm a little conflicted because um, I want to say that we can do things remotely and be just as effective and that we shouldn't let not being able to be live or in person, um, uh, we shouldn't be able to let that have a negative impact on us. But my gosh, it's nice to be together. Um, you know, so uh, it's, you know, and, and uh, our our youngest of ladies out here dancing while we were singing, you know, just like, yeah, wow, well, I haven't seen that in a while. And um, I don't know, it was just really, really nice this morning. So sorry for those of you who are uh, off-site that you didn't get to experience that, um, uh, but uh, it was really quite special. Um, so let me pray, and then uh, I'll, I've got a, a message um, today that's just something that was on my mind this week, um, um, because I just took my lesson last week, so um, so I had to make something up. So we'll go, we'll just kind of run with it today. So all right, let's pray. God, um, I just specifically want to praise you uh, for letting us be a community, for giving us a chance to be here today. God, I ask that you'll protect our health, um, protect everyone's health, help us as a country and as a world to know how to deal with uh, the coronavirus. Um, but God, more than anything, uh, just help us to stay close to you and help us to support each other and be the family that we need to be uh, through these difficult times. Through Christ we pray, amen. Great, all right. So, to get things going today, the title of this talk is "Talk is Change Your Clothes." You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna see if there's any chance this could actually work. I think it can. There, Facebook Live people can see a little bit. It's backwards though. Is there a way to flip flop the Facebook Live? Hmm. I'm sure they're seeing it. You can watch it in the mirror. <laughs> watch it in the mirror. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, what did I just do? I messed something up. Now it got dark all of a sudden. I don't know. No, it's a complete, it, it's running. Um, Connie Sullivan's watching. Hey, Connie. Okay. Um, so anyway, the title is Change Your Clothes. 
Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit what I mean by that, but that is a, um, a statement that you might say, we'll just leave it at that. It's an analogy that I heard this week that, uh, that really, it's in crazy simple, but it really impacted me. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit today about myths, Black Lives Matter, politics, and personal taste. Um, I specifically want to talk about how to handle differences in the upcoming season of politics, coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, and holiday gatherings. Um, this is just a wicked mix we have going on right now. Uh, when you think about, um, first of all, coronavirus and how that has been bad um, uh, from an illness perspective, um, but some people don't think that. Um, and how the p political side of that is just so divisive and you, there's so many people, um, so many fights that happen over this. And then you start mixing that in with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and again, it's, it, you, you get coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, and then you mix in politics and the fact that this is an election year. And you just keep mixing this big concoction together. And I don't care where you go, almost any gathering uh, of a group of people, if you want to bring up any of those, um, you can have a fight going in just a short period of time. Um, so I want to just push pause a little bit and just let you guys feedback. Have any of you been struggling with us a little bit over the last month or two about, you know, the elections coming up? We've had the, um, what do you call it when you pick, you do your final pick of your election person, your uh, primary. primary. What's it called? Primaries. Primaries. The primaries just got all wrapped up. Um, and, uh, and then we've got different movements going on. You guys, I mean, do you find yourself struggling? Find yourself angry? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just everywhere. Um, and it's leaving, uh, it, it's been leaving me a little bit, um, a little hollow, honestly, a little bit sad about how to deal with this. I want to talk about that today. Um, so how do you wrap? So, so, so what do you actually do? I want to reground ourselves um, to a couple of things, but let's just play a little game here. Um, let's, um, I'm going to try to, um, I think I know how I can hit this. So I walk into your party and I start telling you, um, I say, man, this coronavirus thing is a bad deal. And you respond with, yeah, yeah, it is kind of bad. And you're like, and I say to you, you know, because it's not even real. Like, it, it's a myth. I mean, I mean, all these deaths they're reporting, they're not even real deaths. I mean, people are dying from other stuff, and they just write it down and say coronavirus. That's the only reason all these deaths are showing up. And it's the Democrats Right, we can all we know that. I mean, it's the Democrats that are making this happen, and well, the Democrats and the Black Lives Matter movement—they're—they're they're all working together. You know, it's the far left liberal that's making this happen. I, you know, we can all agree on that, right? Now, I say that, and think about how you might respond. You can, it's time for you to talk. How might you respond? not you, but if someone is on the other side, so, so someone is, is like, I don't agree with what you're saying, how might you respond at that point? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. 
Do you think when you say that, that you're, um, you might be able to do this. I, if I said that, I'd have a hidden message under it. And my hidden message is, well, that's what they believe, but. I would do if I would. Yeah. Anyone else? How might you respond if you dis if you disagreed with them? You might laugh. Huh? You might just laugh. You might laugh sarcastically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What might you be thinking that's trying to bubble out of you, and and it actually bubbles out through your emotions, but maybe you had a face mask on so they couldn't tell. Um, but uh, anybody? I'm just gonna be honest in that immediately in my head I start to demean that person and kind of put them down in my head, like right. Oh, you're not smart. Like that, and yeah. so I, I instead of saying those things, I just go silent, right. and I just don't want to say anything because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Right, right. Okay. So I want us to reground ourselves a little bit here, and I want us to think about. Um, you'll remember the story. I'm not getting theologically or biblically deep here today at all, um, but. The disciples asked Jesus, hey, which commandment is the most important commandment? And there's a lot more to that story, probably, what they were kind of getting at. Um, but I think Jesus really surprised everyone. Um, because in, in our day and age, when we hear a commandment, we think ten commandments. And so we start going down this list. They probably didn't think of it quite like that. Because if you look back in the Old Testament, there wasn't like a specific ten commandments. There were kind of like twelve commandments that are were sort of talked about in a couple of different spots. Um, but they're not listed one through 10, so they wouldn't have thought about it like we do today. Um, but anyways, and Jesus said basically two things. He said, love God and love your neighbor. He said, love and love, love and love. Um, and so I want us to start thinking about grounding ourselves in that. Oops, sorry, hit the other button. Um, so what does God actually want? Um, so here a few moments ago, while we were singing that song, How, uh, how, great, how great Is Our God, um, I had to sing it to get the title of my mind, um, How Great Is Our God, so that's us just praising God, right? So is that what God wants? God wants to praise him? Does he want anything else? What did I just say about the commandments? Love. Love. Love who? Neighbor. Yeah. And who else? God. Thank God. Right? <laughs> right? Right? Um, I actually think the loving God and loving your neighbor, to me, those two are, are almost one and the same. Because me as a father, if you ask me what I want my kids to do, I want my kids to be good kids. And so if my kids are to do something for me, that would be something like go out in the world and do good things. Now, I'd be completely kidding myself to say that if my kids came up to me, much like that song we just sang, if my kids came up to me and just said, hey, Dad, you know, we think you're pretty awesome. Um, that's okay. I'll take that any day of the week. Um, but it's not the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think us and God are a lot alike. Um, I, I know that that makes me seem like I'm putting myself up on a pedestal or something. But I, when I think it's very, very... We should take it very literal that uh, in the creation story, they talk about God making us in his image. That was a very big turn of events in that time a few thousand years ago to think that a God, the most powerful 
thing that humans could come up with would allow humans to be kind of like him. That was a really odd thing. Um, but I think it's really important. It's very real. Um, and I think that's what God really wants. He wants praise. Um, but we think about the Lord's Prayer. What does the Lord's Prayer start off with? Our Father, right? Father. And again, I think as I get older, I think the genius behind God saying, I'm going to function as a father is just off the charts. Because if you're lucky enough to be a parent in your life, you realize that that bond between a child and a parent, it, it's the kind of thing that you can just talk about it all you want to someone that's not gotten an opportunity to experience that. But, in, but once you experience it, it's, it's like no other relationship. It creates bonds and things to happen in you that you can't explain. Um, and so we've got God telling us he wants us to love people. He's telling us, I'm going to function as your father. We're kind of mixing all of that together. Um, and that is how we're supposed to react. And so keep that as your foundation as you think about in the coming weeks, you know, days, weeks, months, whatever. And you're in a conversation with someone that is, has an opposing view to where you're at. Just ground, just stop and ground yourself in my father, that person I've got that tight relationship says, love him, love him, love him, okay? All right. So God wants what parents want. Let's see what that is. He wants his children to be happy, cared for, loved, and peaceful. Um, and I think when someone, imagine me making that statement and imagine you're someone that doesn't agree with the statements that I just made. If you only think about yourself or about your Christian friends or something like that, um, it, it's, it's easy to still get angry at that person. So it'd be easy for you to be angry at me. But if you look at this list and you realize that I'm a child too, and you think, you look at me and you think, I want you to be happy. I want you to be cared for. I want what God wants for you. I want you to be loved. I want you to be peaceful. And I want you to be included in God's kingdom now and forever. And again, this is all about grounding ourselves, trying to get a good starting point. Because I realized, um, in just a moment, I'm going to tell, tell what, I, what I listened to this week that impacted me. But I realized that that's not where I'm at. I start at a position of fighting. I slip on the boxing gloves. Um, a few weeks ago, my dad made um, a statement to me, and I could just tell, like, deep in me, it was something that I didn't agree with that he said. And just deep in me, I just wanted, I just wanted to attack. And it's like, why am I wanting to attack? It's not for this list of reasons, I can tell you for sure. Not at all. It's not because I want what's best for my dad. There's a little bit of it that I feel like maybe he might be misled or something like that, and I would like to see that fixed. But that wouldn't make me get angry and attack. That would make me feel sorry. The angry and attack is like there's not justice or something's wrong, and I want to make it right because I'm the one that's right. Kind of, It's, this, it's, it's a little bit of self-righteousness in there if I'm just being real honest with myself. Okay. Come on. There we go. So NPR, I was listening to this week, um, 
And NPR, uh, depending on where you, you sit politically, you might view them as being uh, far left or in the middle. Very few people would call NPR far right. Um, a lot of people, I think, would see them as being in the middle, um, but I certainly know people that see them as far left, so take that up for what it is. Um, but NPR rocked my world this week with simplicity. Um, and um, I went and dug, trying to find out, because I wanted to give this lady that was talking credit. And all I can tell you guys is that it was on August 28th of this week on NPR. I can't find which show it was. I can't, it was, it was a little segment within a show. So sorry that I can't uh, share that with you. Um, and it wasn't a Christian segment, um, but here's what happened. The question was posed to this lady. How should we respond when someone is sharing information we believe is incorrect or a myth or rooted in misinformation? Now, I've just talked to you guys about how you respond, um, but I'm going to give you just a second more. Because now, rather than the example I gave you of me saying something a little bit uh, out there that might bother you, you hear someone get, spitting out information that's wrong, or at least in your mind is wrong. How do you respond? Or how do you want to respond? Now, now that you're thinking about it, you might think differently, but what's your natural response if someone's sharing misinformation, sharing a myth, something like that? I think the difficult thing is knowing the right balance of if it's loving to try to correct somebody and how you do that in a way that it doesn't automatically shut down the conversation okay. and make them just absolutely reject it. So not knowing the balance between, and what were the kind of the two things you were balancing? Well, just like, um, you know, do you, do you try to step back from the conversation to not have conflict, or do you try to correct somebody if they, if they're believing, if they're holding to something that you know is not true or is like some kind of propaganda or something like do you try to, it's a loving thing to try to correct them or and, and how do you do that so i think i'm completely with you um uh stephen tevis just said here online the natural response is to try to correct their misinformation that's the balance I have. I have, I can either correct the misinformation, kind of talk down to them, hey, you're wrong, or blah, 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 or whatever. You could assertively communicate the, you could assertively communicate the misinformation to them instead of like having to be down on them or, or right. being passive. How, how, you, how you deliver that is tricky. And, and that's what I find because I'm not good at it. As soon as I try to correct their misinformation, it just comes as kind of judgmental and talking down to them. And honestly, they're not wanting to listen to me anyways. So the other balance I see is nothing. Walk away, get away from them. And so when this lady was asked, how do you respond to this? Um, it, uh, it just kind of blew my mind. Um, she just simply, it, it was so loving because I could tell her political stance where she was at. She was uh, more left-wing than right-wing. And so I was fully, they kind of presented it to her kind of like a right-wing person says this to you, how do you respond? And she says, well, the way to respond is to ask them why they believe what they believe. She says, give them a chance 
to share with you what has led them to this moment. And she just kept on talking and she said, we, our natural tendency is to go after these people or to want to attack them or whatever. But she said, what she's found, she, she had a doctorate in something, um, but she's researched this a lot. She said, what you find is that people have very good reasons, at least in their own head, they have very good reasons for why they believe that. And so she said, there's been a journey, there's been a progression of things happen in their life that has led them to that. She said, give them a chance to talk to you about that. Give them a chance to tell you why. And, um, and she said, the key point, which is here on the next slide, um, is this. Um, and so, uh, and where, the reason I've got that header that says education points to Christian principles, one thing that has made me um, love Christianity so much in my life is because I think God created education. I think God created everything. And I think rarely will you find well-founded education and research that doesn't somehow support Christian principles. Um, you want to, you take something like marriage, you're like, well, why is marriage important? We well, can go off and find a lot of information about the importance of having a committed relationship with someone that you're held accountable by others. You know, so it's not this legalistic thing like you both signed a paper or something, but it's the importance that you're, when you're dating, it's so easy to back out. And it's a very different relationship than when you have made a statement to the whole community around you that I will stick with this person through the good and bad kind of a thing. That's very, very different. And so that's an example where, you know, kind of Christian guidance on marriage can actually be backed up by some good practice in life. Um, but education will tend to point us to Christian principles. So even if you realize and agree that you've found yourself in a situation and you're wearing the wrong clothes. So finally back to this topic of clothes. It's uncomfortable to change in front of someone else. And this is what that lady said. It, it, it was so simple and it just blew my mind. She said, so often we want people to change their clothes because they're wearing the wrong clothes. We want them to do that in front of us. And she said, that is crazy uncomfortable. She said, try to avoid the temptation to get people to change in front of you. She said, give them the opportunity to learn, to talk through things. Maybe they'll be interested enough to ask you back, oh, do you disagree with me? Why do you disagree? And you'll have an, a, a nice non-confrontational kind of chance to talk through and say, well, here's my background. You know, I read this, I heard that, you know, this happened. And so I tend to think this. That then gives them a chance to go away, look at their clothing, think about it, and maybe they'll want to change their clothing. But they can do that in their own time, in their own space. And the more I thought about it, I thought, what a just phenomenal analogy. It's just, it's so spot on, and I had never thought about the importance of giving people that time to change, because I want it now. And I thought about it in the workplace. I'll be in a meeting, and someone will present data. So this is, you know, this is just work. And sometimes I'll just be like, you are wrong, and I can tell you why you're wrong, and I'm going to prove you here and now, we're going to settle this and move on. And I started thinking, I wonder how often they just need some time. 
you know, I just need to, after the meeting, give them a little piece of information and say, hey, here's something you might think about. Give them some time to go think about it, work on it a little bit, and give them a chance to come back and change. Because changing your clothes in front of people is not something that's very comfortable to do. So, is it rocking your world? Probably not, <laughs> but it rocked my world. Okay. Anybody have anything you want to say? We're all very quiet. So, diffusing the situation, some things to remember. Remember what God wants. Remember that list of things that we think God wants. Politely encourage sharing their concerns. So tell people, if you want to hear them out, you'd like to, to know what they think, give them a chance to talk. And, uh, you know, she was saying in her discussion, she said, you know, one thing you have to recognize is she said there are some people um, that believe things that they shouldn't believe. Like, like they may literally believe things that are just wrong. They, they, they are, and they're easy to prove, but they believe them. And, and she's like, you're just not going to change those situations. And she said, you arguing with them is not going to change that situation. So she said, just, you know, in those situations, let them speak, let them tell, and then let it go. Let it go. Because she said, there, there will, she's, you're not going to get everybody to change their clothes. Um, but give them a chance to talk instead of you being the one to tell them what's right and wrong. Ask them why they feel this way. And do not ask them to change their clothes in front of you. Okay. Um, I don't remember what's on this slide, so uh, I'm going to read to you. Um, oh, yeah, I will show what's on this slide. So I think we're going to take, do we have communion today? We do, excellent. Okay, so I'm going to leave this slide up um, while we get communion here in just a couple minutes. Um, because I really want you to think about this. These were some thoughts that I had that I, I believe will help me and hopefully will help you. Oh, sorry, Facebook Live people. I keep leaning back and you can't see me. I didn't realize that. Um, um, loving people is the focus. I, I mean, if, if you're a Jesus follower, you can't avoid this. Hey, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Love God, love people. I mean, it's a popped out of him. So, that is the focus as a Christian. Loving people is the focus. Changing people is the outcome. It's not the job. It's not the end game. It's not something you have to accomplish or you're a bad person. It's what can happen as a result of loving people. Okay. Now, this is, this is a lot of Quinn. So you're not going to find this in the Bible specifically, but I believe it's pretty Bible- pretty biblically based. Um, I wrote down here, change people through love instead of loving if they're willing to change. How many of you struggle with that? Love and then love them more if they change. Might be a way of thinking about it. But love regardless. I don't like to love unless they change. If someone's really honking me off, I, I really, if I'm just really honest. I really just want to dislike them, borderline hate them. Um, you know, I want to not be friendly toward them at all. And it's funny how that can happen within close people, family members that I like a lot. And I can lose this deep, caring love for them over some crazy difference that we have. And if I just love, 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 give them a chance to talk and say, I'm going to love you regardless. 
You know, and if you change, hey, you know, and that draws you closer to God, awesome. Um, the last thing I wrote down here is that um, I think you could argue that God paves the road to change with love. I think we all change our whole life. I am so different than I was quite a bit different than I was a year ago. 20 years ago? Wow. Not the same person. 40 years ago? Let's say 40? 35 years ago? I was driving a pickup truck with a CD radio hanging off the top. My handle was dirtbag. And um, th there are so many things that were so important to me at that point in my life that are just embarrassingly embarrassing and laughable that it's, it's just funny. Chrome wheels. There was nothing more important than chrome wheels. I spent a lot of money to put chrome wheels on my truck. Um, you know, I was a very, very different person. And I can tell you in those days, loving somebody that was different than me, um, I, I might have even argued that that wasn't even Christ-like. I, I would have just said, no, we're supposed to love people who are like us. But we don't love people who aren't like us. Um, and, and there's certainly no, uh, no uh, foundation for that in the Bible. Um, Jesus loved them all. So, Loving people is the focus. Changing people is the outcome. Um, does anybody have anything they want to say before we uh, take communion? You guys are very quiet today for a big crowd. So. I mean, the one thing I would say, you were talking about, this is a lot of sin and not a lot of Bible or whatever, but Paul mentioned something about like, planting seeds. And, you, know, you just plant the seeds and God thought it was the watering. I'm going to step toward you, Herb, but I'm not quite hearing you. I said, um, you talked about how this is a lot of you and not a lot of Bible or whatever. Yeah. But what you're teaching is what Paul talked about in the sense that, I think it's in James Barnes, but that if you plant seeds and God does the watering, it's just the excess. That our job as Christians really isn't to change people, it's to, like you said, love them or introduce them to Jesus. Jesus did the changing, and we just love them as they change and they change. So it's very difficult by teaching. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, so if somebody didn't hear that, Herb was talking about Paul's writing about us planting the seeds and letting uh, letting God water it, I guess, the way you say that, um, uh, which is uh, similar uh, to what I'm saying today. So, Well, let's pray, um, and I will, as soon as they get done praying, I will go over and I will take communion first, just so that if you're new and you don't know what's going on here, you'll see what it is. Um, but we're going to take communion, which is a little piece of bread to remind us uh, of Christ's body. This was his own words, and he talked about this just before he was crucified on the cross. Um, and then we'll, there's some juice there, and that's supposed to represent his blood. Um, it's not wine, FYI, it is just grape juice today. Um, and um, anyways, you can take those two together, and it's just a way to remember um, the amazing gift that Christ gave to us by dying for us. Um, so let's pray. God, God, as we think about this kind of bizarro time we're in with coronavirus and Black Lives Matter and politics and holidays and families and disagreements and this sort of natural thing in us that sometimes just wants to bark, wants to bite, wants to fight. God, help us to love 
like you want us to love. Help us to love so much that it's just dripping off of us. Help us to, to leave no questions in people's minds that, we, that the topics and the, the things going on are not as important to us as they are to us. Because we believe, I believe, that we are more important to you than anything else. Help us to share that love and help us to, uh, to make this world a beautiful place by teaching people what you're like and inviting them into your kingdom and inviting them into a lifestyle of love, a lifestyle where everyone matters, where it doesn't matter what political stand you are, it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what you think about the coronavirus, what does matter is that you're our God and that we get to live in a kingdom of, of yours that is so beautiful. It's through Christ we pray. Amen.